back to this week's episode of the Get Ready Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Grant. Grant, how are we doing today? I'm doing awesome. We uh, we have a special guest today. He's the husband of my one of my wife's best friends. So he, I talked to him once about cryptocurrency, and he knew a lot, told me all about the hardware wallet. I think he told my wife uh, what to get me for Christmas, and uh, it was an electric gift. Uh, cold storage is my favorite thing in the world, so that's that's how i'm doing what about you josh what about you joe well i'm I'm pretty excited here given the fact that he brought on joe he said hey you're gonna like this guy i think his email is something about crypto cricket so that that excites me um but i also love that he's like well i live and breathe this stuff every day so without any further delay joe welcome to the podcast this is the get ready podcast where we're all about getting ready so luck and opportunity can meet each other and it can be the right time so Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, where are you from? Kind of give us the story. What do you do now? And then what got you into, you know, Bitcoin and then down the, the crypto rabbit hole? Okay. Yeah. I'm Like they said, my name is Joe Harding and I'm really originally from uh, Chubbuck, Idaho. Born and raised, grew up in Idaho. Lived on a little farm. Um, um, my wife and I, we went to the same high school actually and graduated same year and same group of friends, but we never dated or even thought about it. I served a, a mission for my church, went overseas. I went to Japan, so I speak Japanese. Uh, I came back and we started dating and we got married. I jumped into entrepreneurship right in the very beginning. I started a few businesses, sold computer parts. I uh, had a necktie business. I uh, built a few spec homes around Utah and St. George and in Idaho. And uh, things were going great. And then 2008 hit and I lost quite a bit of money. I had a mortgage in my house. Uh, I lost a little over half a million dollars in about three months. So I had to figure it out and what am I gonna do next? And uh, as a computer part business I had, I was selling computer parts to, wholesaling them to uh, computer stores and IT professionals. And I became really good friends with one of the guys I was selling to, best friends actually, uh, Envision Computers. And in about 2000, end of 2008, first of 2009, he, uh, we're sitting in the in our offices downstairs, and uh, I had an office there, and I was selling parts to him out of his basement, actually, hard times hit, and uh, venturing off in other things, and he started talking about this digital currency, Bitcoin, in 2009, and uh, we talked about it at length for about six, seven hours down there in that one day, I remember, and how it would be regulated out of existence and there's no government on earth that would go for it. And just all the pros and cons and trying to play devil's advocate. And we said, what the heck, let's, I got a bunch of computer parts on the shelf here and you've got the little bit of the knowledge. Let's start a miner. So we started mining Bitcoin. We mined about 30, 40,000 Bitcoin traded a few here and there had a miner sitting there with a, I don't know, it probably, 50, 60,000 total in the end. When we uh, move stores, we are getting evicted from the place we were at because the whole block was being tore down. So we bought a building down the road in 2008 or 2010. And uh, we were moving stores and we had that miner there with a few, few tens of thousands of Bitcoin on it. And our uh, computer tech was cleaning house and he threw it away. Uh. So we had not, not as much money as a few, few people have lost, but we had another time it was worth about $400. So we didn't really throw a fuss up at it. And 
no big deal. So we, we joke about it all the time, you know, how much money we would have had and stuff. But truth be told, we never would have held out till the very end. So, <laughs> you know, hindsight, 20, you know, there's no way we'd ever held out. But we were really disappointed at the time and uh, kind of put our, hung our heads down in 2012, 13. And we talked about it all the time but never did anything about it. And his wife uh, basically said, I'm, I'm tired of listening to you guys either do something about it or shut up basically we both kind of got offended and said fine so we jumped back on the horse at the end of 2014 and really started getting back into it and looking in it investing and and from there it's we we're in it pretty heavy and uh talk about it every day and new projects and watch youtube videos and podcasts and always checking the market and have about 15 20 exchanges we're part of and so we, we quite enjoy it. That's awesome, man. You have, uh, you know, you're probably one of the first people we've talked to that's been in it since really the inception of it. I mean, having that conversation with somebody in 2009 is really, that was when it was all beginning. Uh, the genesis of it, the genesis of it started, I believe was it 09 or 08, somewhere in that, in that ballpark, I believe. Um, and you owned it. Did you sell it all in 2010 and then get back into it in 2014? Is that what you did? So we didn't, we didn't, yeah, we didn't sell it. You couldn't really sell it. You could trade it. There wasn't really, we weren't part of Mount, Mount Gox, wasn't around yet. We could just store it on a hardware wallet, basically, in our computer. And that, that was it. It was just a wallet on the desktop that we would mine and mine transactions. And we didn't really give it much attention. We built the miner and just kind of, I mean, it didn't have any traction and it didn't worth anything. And we were moving computer stores and remodeling. and It didn't really mean much. We did mine a lot of Litecoin. We started mining Litecoin when it was about 25 cents. Maybe, we, I, we a lot of Litecoin. maybe I'll have you describe real quick because you actually did it uh, to our listeners. Like when you're mining Bitcoin, like what does that mean for our listeners when you say that? So you have a pick and an axe. No, <laughs> so when somebody says mining, mining Bitcoin, it's, it's just basically uh, you're uh, processing the transactions. So Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer digital currency it's decentralized no one controls it it's over a whole network of computers uh for maybe a little bit of older generation like BitTorrent, it's kind of the same concept it's stored on a whole bunch of different computers and decentralized in order to trade you have to have somebody uh consensus of the node of the of the the block has to be confirmed and there's computers that that do that and so every time you confirm a transaction, you get paid a little, little bit, a portion of that for using your hardware to confirm that transaction. So you build a rig and uh, I still have two miners today. that are mining today, right now. I have one mining Ethereum and then I have one mining Ethereum that sells it to Bitcoin immediately. So anyways, uh, they're just confirming the transaction and you just get paid to confirm that transaction. It takes a lot of computing power because the blocks that you have to confirm are very large. It's the ledger that just keeps getting built on itself. And so it's a public ledger and uh, anybody can see it at any time and look up any transaction anywhere on it. So it's a, it's a pretty cool concept and cryptography is very interesting. I wasn't part of it before, but I'm really interested in it now and done a lot of research and study and about it. Have quite a bit of cryptocurrency uh now so yeah 
Really awesome to hear somebody who's an actual miner. You hear about mining all the time and that you have a couple of rigs still around and, you know, you had a small fortune, but you, you nailed it on the head. You would not have held, there's no way you would have held, you know, in any of those insane bull runs. Yes. But what I want to do is like, I want to revisit. So 2010, you lost it, but then we said, I believe it was 2014, you know, it was time to put up or shut up is what it sounded like. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what made you decide that like, t talk to me a little bit about like your overall thesis on Bitcoin, like what, what it was, you know, cause it sounds to me like it was just kind of like a cool little science project that turned into something obviously much bigger. Give us kind of like your thought process around Bitcoin as a whole. Cause you mentioned, oh, they'll regulate it out of existence and yeah, and, and some of that FUD out there. So just talk to me a little bit about kind of your, your thought process around that. Sure. And first, first off the FUD that you talk about is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. There's a whole nother language when it comes to cryptocurrency that people don't understand when you say there's FUD. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so in the beginning, yeah, it didn't have any traction and it was something that's a, you know, not to put on my little antennas and my tinfoil hat and, and whatever, but the government, you know, they, they want to control, they want their hand in everything and they want to control everything you do as far as monetarily and taxes. And, you know, they want, they want their money. And uh, as far as I could see, there's no way that they would allow Bitcoin to even prosper. So in the beginning, it was more of like, a, let's just see if we can do it to see if we can do it because it's, a hot item at the time or it's in the underground when when my buddy he's he's a nerd he, you know he owns a computer store and i was selling him parts and he's a true nerd and uh he's under these underground circles or talks about not illegal but you know the n new technology out there etc and uh we we got to talking about it and we talked about you know how how it can't be hacked and how it's it's worldwide, but there's no way that they'll allow a worldwide currency to exist over the dollar. You know, there's no way that they, they, cause they can't control it. There's no way to control it. And since then, you know, there's ways that the government has got their hands in it as far as taxation and cashing out and not allowing certain exchanges in the, in the States and stuff like that. There are workarounds on some of this stuff, but, uh, my overthought, overall feeling about Bitcoin, and this is my phrase I say to everybody all the time, is blockchain technology is what Bitcoin is based on. It's what all cryptocurrencies is based on, is blockchain technology. Blockchain technology is going to change the world like the internet did in the 80s and 90s and today. I think it's, it's a game changer as far as the way the world is going to act, the world economy, uh, future trust, like elections uh world worldwide they're going to bank the unbanked like africa there's 5.6 trillion dollars in africa that's just out there that no one controls it's not in banks that no one has access to and cryptocurrency is going to give everybody that opportunity to have a bank account or to be able to, to control their economic future so it's going to change the world as far as people's lives and the way business is done in other countries and small countries going to be able to sudden be a part of the world economy. Yeah, we, we agree with you completely. I mean, this is why we're having this conversation with you. We're both into it. Uh, 
as hardcore as you are probably i mean i think if we all were honest with ourselves we if our wives asked us how many times a day do you check your phone and when you're looking at your phone what what are you looking at and you're like well what to you it sounds like you have 25 different exchanges in which you're looking at constantly <laughs> so i mean we agree i mean it's open source it's there's so many advantages to it uh i, I do have a question a couple questions for you and feel free to ask us questions too i mean we're, yeah, we're also sure. bullish on this and we're you know we're all we're all part of the parabolic thing that's happening right now um you know 29 2020 happened and it just had this major run and just started to have crazy crazy just pr and the network started to grow and uh twitter every time you look on twitter some other celebrity was tweeting about it uh what do you do with your bitcoin it sounds like you 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 hold some of it. Are you a hodler? Do you trade it? Do you spend it? I'm, so, I'm a both. I hodl certain cryptocurrencies. I have a handful of Bitcoin. I have a few hundred Litecoin. Uh, one of my biggest holdings is, is ADA Cardano. I'm a very, very bullish on Cardano, its goals, its mission, its founder, the community. Uh, I probably watch two or three things on Cardano a day uh, when news is coming out, etc. I have a very significant amount of Cardano that I hold. And I, I hold it in cold storage on my ledger, all, most all of it. I don't keep anything in exchanges. I've gotten burned on uh, like Cryptopia out of New Zealand. I had about three or $4,000 on there. It's gone. Uh, Livecoin, Livecoin back in the day, <laughs> you, could, you could guess what number out of 100, it'd be above 50 or below 50, and you could win a Bitcoin or two. And my buddy and I went up to 10 Bitcoins on that one time, just guessing the number. Uh, they did away with that a little bit, but Livecoin has recently has just gotten uh, hacked and taken over. So I had a, a, a small amount of money on there, thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars on Litecoin that's now gone. Uh, Livecoin, sorry. And uh, so I, I've, you know, I've learned my lessons here and there, and I keep most of mine on a, a cold storage, or you know, I stake all my ADA, all my ADA is staked, but it's through my ledger, so I'm I'm earning passive income on my Cardano staking it. So real quick, let's venture down this rabbit hole, uh, the cold storage. So a lot of people, they come into the crypto space and they're like, Oh, well I got it. And it sits on, everyone goes to Coinbase or, you know, now you have all these, uh, Gemini's and you have bit, Bittrex and, you know, Binance and all this stuff. Explain to them why cold storage is important and, um, what, so what it is and why is it, why is it important? So the, the key phrase in crypto is not your keys, not your crypto. If you don't hold your keys, you're not in control of it. So there's a, there's some exchanges out there that he mentioned, like Coinbase, et cetera, et cetera. You own those keys, but it's on their exchange. So they're holding your assets for you, basically. And some of these, Coinbase is probably your most secure. So if you're going to hold coins on, on an exchange, Coinbase, uh, Binance.us, there's a few other ones I would trust, Bitrix, but they're all still subject to hacks and to other things that, you know, the cryptocurrency itself is not going to get hacked, but the exchange where it's stored can. And so cold storage is basically holding your cryptocurrency, you hold it and you control it. Now, that doesn't mean that you're burying it outside and you have to go dig it up. You know, the, you can still access it fairly quickly and, and send it to a different exchange to cash out if you, if you will, if you want to cash out. Uh, you know, right now, I, I believe that in the future, the cryptocurrency will be used to purchase stuff. But as of right now, the dollar, if you want to cash out to the dollar, you, you can get it off immediately and, and cash it out. Um, there's some exchanges out there like Robinhood. 
eToro, PayPal. PayPal started selling Bitcoin. I bought I bought <laughs> I bought twenty dollars of Bitcoin the very first day they threw out PayPal, threw it out there, and it's now worth like fifty six dollars or something like that. But anyways, those those exchanges, Robinhood, uh, PayPal, they're, they're fine. It's all good, and and you know if you have some money out there. You cannot transfer it out though. They're not your keys. So you don't actually own that cryptocurrency. You you can't move it. It's there. So you have to you have to sell it back to dollars if you want to get it out. So cold storage for me, I'm uh, there I'm very bullish on some. Like like Bitcoin, I believe, you know, by the end of this year it'll be worth a hundred thousand, five, ten years upwards of three to five hundred thousand speculation, you know. So it, it it's it's like Bitcoin to me is like gold. It's if you have a gold coin in your pocket, you can't go to the grocery store, flip the gold, flip out that gold coin to the register and say, here, pay them. Even though it has value, gold has value. You can't do that. It's kind of, it's kind of my opinion what Bitcoin is. It's a store of value. And that's, you know, it's the, it's the first, it's the, it's the most, it, it, it controls the market, the price of Bitcoin. Yeah, you just described what me and Josh here. That's exactly why I use. It. I don't use it for anything else. I just basically hold it. I, I buy it and hold it. I buy it and I hold it. And I buy it and I hold it. And I told them the other day is what I laughed about. Is like it went up to what forty, forty one thousand is like its all time high. Yeah. Uh, and then it dropped down to like thirty real quick. And I was like, I no part of me wanted to sell. I just got excited because I can buy it cheaper. You know, that's that's how that's I thought about funny. it. I lived through the two thousand seventeen dip and I lost a lot of money and. I still hold a lot of those coins that dipped and are coming back up, but a, a, a 10, 15% loss is I'll go back to eating my cereal. You know, it's not a big deal for, for anybody that's in cryptocurrency. It's like another day. <laughs> so I assume when you, you know, in 08 to 2010 and 2014, you had weak hands and you just learned how to become a, now you have strong hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've watched <clears throat> projects and I've seen projects come and go and who's behind them and the fluff they have. And, and, you know, for example, I I invested in one called Car Vertical. It's still around. It's just not really in the crypto space as much. Uh, I bought three thousand dollars worth on the on the ICO. That's the initial coin offering for you new people out there. They don't really do those anymore. But back in two thousand sixteen, they had an ICO, the initial coin offering. I bought three thousand dollars worth, and in a week, it was worth thirty thousand dollars. And uh, I didn't sell because I thought the project was good. I thought their fundamentals were good. What they had ventured off to do, I thought was good. And now that holding is worth probably about 200. I still have the same amount. I haven't sold any. It's worth about $200 now. So, uh, I mean, that, that, and that's happened a lot. But on the other side too, I've, I've have, I have ones that I've put a lot of money into that um, I might retire next year. I don't know. <laughs> I love to hear the story where you're doing a lot of research. Um, Bitcoin obviously is the main stable in the horse uh, or, or main horse in the stable. I want to explore it a little bit more. I want to go into Car Cardano. Now, Grant knows this. And if you've listened to our podcast, if you told you I'm a Bitcoin maxi, that's just who I am. That's mainly because I'm mainly because I'm lazy. All right. I'll just say I, I can, I can, I can understand. I can wrap myself, my head around Bitcoin being, you know, digital gold, the settlement layer and all that stuff. And I just don't care about looking into these other coins. Bitcoin serves my need, my anti-inflationary um, store of value. But 
I am here to learn. I want to listen. I want to figure out. Walk me into Cardano. You, you said you're very bullish on it. Walk me through a little bit of the bull case, a little bit of the technology, why you like it, etc. Okay, yeah. Uh, same as you. I'm not a maximalist, but I do hold Bitcoin. Uh, it, it will continue to, I think, forever be the store of value. I believe that sometime in the next five years, it will get passed in market cap. But just like gold, you know, it's, you know, I, I invested a lot in gold before. And it's the same thing as Bitcoin, in my opinion. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think you can go wrong investing in Bitcoin, period. Uh, I would say most of my holdings, 70, 75% of my holdings are in Cardano right now. And the Cardano uh, founder is his guy's the guy by the name of Charles Hoskins. Hoskinson, sorry. He's one of the co-founders of Ethereum. He started Ethereum with, with Vatalink and in the beginning, and he was actually the CEO of Ethereum. And him and Vatalink had a, a few, they didn't get along in the beginning. They had a few things that they didn't like to, they wanted, he wanted it to go one way and, and he wanted to go the other way and they just kind of split and went their own ways. And he started Cardano. And uh, the, th the thing I like about Cardano is First off, it's a peer-reviewed process. Everything they have done and, and do is peer-reviewed by mathematicians, college professors, uh, neutral parties that don't have anything to do with cryptocurrency. Everything they do, they, they have over 90 papers that have been peer-reviewed on their processes and on what they want to do that have been uh, theoretically proven that it's sound. It, it will work what they want to do. Um, they're a blockchain, so you can run different dApps decentralized apps on their blockchain. Um, and they, their main goal right now, one of their main goals right now is to be in Africa. They're, they're in talks with Georgia and Ethiopia right now. And the announcement's gonna come out pretty soon about uh, their whole economy basically of Ethiopia and Georgia will be run on Cardano blockchain. Sorry, got the gut. An intruder in here. Maybe she can come and talk. Bonus guest. I love it. Bonus <laughs> guest. Head coach, volleyball coach at Box Elder. Yeah. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Anyways, they, uh, they're going to uh, bank the unbank in Africa. And, and basically, Georgia and, and uh, Ethiopia are going to have a stable coin built on Cardano's blockchain that their country will run off their own stable coin it'll be on the backbone of Cardano. It'll run off of their, their blockchain. And there's so many other things you can do with Cardano that's, that other ones are trying to do. Like Ethereum, they have their 2.0 supposedly coming out in two years. It's been delayed many, many times. Uh, Cardano's labeled the Ethereum killer. And what makes it the Ethereum killer is, uh, what makes a difference is the smart contracts. So you can have smart contracts on the blockchain. You can have um, any kind of contracts you want for insurance, for houses, for anything can be done on the blockchain and open source. You can hide what you need to hide, but you can also, it's trustless. So you don't have, you don't, you don't have to have an intermediate, like a title company or something. They're holding whatever. It's all on the blockchain. So real quick, I want to explore, I want to, I want to dig a little further deeper into this. I hear smart contracts a lot. I don't really know what that means. Can you help just explain it like I'm five? Sure. So a smart contract is you're able to put on the blockchain, the information and transport, transport it, and it can be processed through a POW 
or POS, a proof of work, a proof of stake. And so the smart contract is, is the transportation of me metadata or data that that contract will execute once it gets to the location, like release something, release some information or release a value or something like that. Bitcoin does not have smart contracts. It's strictly a store of value, right? It's strictly a blockchain. The smart contracts like Ethereum, the, the, there are all these different platforms have built, been built on Ethereum's backbone. So if you hear an ERC-20 token, that means that it's been built on Ethereum. And Ethereum was first to the game with smart contracts. So everybody built everything on Ethereum because they were the only game in town. But the gas prices, in order to process those transactions, are so astronomically high in order to run you know, to buy another cryptocurrency that's an ERC-20 that you have to use Ethereum to buy it, it's expensive. So I, I, I had two questions on that. Uh, we can continue to go down Cardano, but I had two random questions I want to ask you. You, you referenced earlier in the pod that you don't think Bitcoin will be the highest market cap in the next, we'll call it 10 years, right? 10 years sure. from now, you think something will surpass sure. it. Um, and then also, where do you, who are your influencers that you follow? Josh and I have a handful that we, we gather information from because they seem to be the ambassadors, like you know, the Pompliano podcast, Michael Saylor is a MicroStrategy CEO who's hodling a bunch yes. of Bitcoin. Uh, those are guys, uh, there's a guy named Jack Mahler that I've been listening to recently. Who are your uh, influential people that you, you can trust and listen to and gather information? So in the crypto space, there you have your institutional investors, like you talked about, from MicroStrategy and Grayscale and those investors and stuff. And those guys have been around for a while, but they've also been a little late to the game. I have some fluff influencers that I follow and that you, you weed through, weed through some, of, some of that stuff, like uh, BitBoy, uh, Superman, Chico Crypto. Uh, I like crypt, uh, Crypto Crow is one I like. He's very heavy on Cardano and delivers a lot of information on Cardano and it's up and comings. And so there's a lot of uh, YouTubers I follow. There's a lot of people on Twitter. I just follow as far as uh, tweets and little information here and there, mainly on Twitter. It's mainly the foundations like the, the CEOs of the companies or their marketing or whoever else on telegram. Same thing. I join. I don't, I follow a few of the influencers, but you got to read through people's, you know, trying to fluff up a coin for their own gain or, you know, talk about whatever. And so I don't follow a ton of influencers as far as that go, mainly CEOs of the projects and their teams and that coin itself. And then what's that? I assume it's Cardano with 75% of your holdings. Is that the one that you believe will be exceeding Bitcoin in 10 years? Call it. Yeah. One of the blockchains, Cardano, Polkadot. Uh, Polkadot's another one. It's actually run off the Cardano. Uh, paper. It's it's built off of Cardano. It's exactly a copy of Cardano. It's actually one of the other Elijah Wood, one of the other uh, or Wood, one of the other uh, founders of Ethereum split off and started Polkadot off of Cardano's paper because it's all open source. Because Charles believes that uh, sharing information is key to this succeeding into the world and everything should be open source and others can improve on it. So Polkadot, Chainlink, uh, Cardano, I, I think one of the blockchains will be, one of the foundation coins will be ahead of, of Bitcoin eventually. Especially so, if you start getting country economies built on the backbone of some of these. IOTA, uh, Zillica, 
there's a there's a few to say that um, so I'm going to go down a, a couple different paths here. So with Cardano, what I want to ask is like, how many total nodes is Cardano being ran, running right now? Because Cardano, you just said CEO, marketing team. This, as as a Bitcoin guy, right, that scares me because there's no decentralization compared um, to Bitcoin. It's actually now. the most decentralized project in the space right now. In so how many nodes are being ran right now? There's, there's 1,500 nodes and about 200,000 delegators. Okay. So what's the difference between it? Because there's 11,000 Bitcoin nodes. What's the difference between a node and a delegator? So a delegator is somebody like me that has the cryptocurrency to stake. So I stake my cryptocurrency and I get rewarded for it. So it's like, it's like I'm mining with my stake, but it's proof of stake instead of proof of work. And so instead of me mining it, I'm staking it. Gotcha. Okay. And so it's, it's actually the most decentralized cryptocurrency out there right now. Cardano. Okay. My next question for you on the Cardano side is what is the supply schedule? We know what the supply schedule of Bitcoin is. What's the supply schedule of Cardano? So it's, it's, it's released everything out right now of 31 billion and it has a total supply of 41, but that's when it starts getting to its later roadmap. So when it starts getting to Hydra and the last stages of its roadmap, that's when it will start releasing those other ones to pay for like, for example, when a country starts running their backbone on it, they, they have to pay proof of stake. And so that'll start being released when there's certain roadmaps hit certain parts of Cardano come out and released. And right now we're in the Gogan era. I like it. So now my next question is, so you have Georgia and Ethiopia, they're running on this blockchain, right? Yes. They are using that to conduct their transactions. And then, but what, what happens when the government says, wait a minute, this isn't meeting our mandates. Wait a minute, we need to print money. Wait a minute, we want to do all these other things. And whether they go to, they go to Cardano and say, well, no, this isn't, we need to print money. We want more, we want more Cardano. Give it to us now. What happens in a situation like that? So it won't be actual Cardano that they're using as their economy. Like it'll be like Tether or a USDC coin or whatever coin that Ethiopia comes up with, they'll have their own stable coin, their own central bank cryptocurrency coin that will just be run on Cardano. So you'll have, you'll have to have Cardano running it and there'll have to be people uh, approving that tr- those transactions through the Cardano blockchain. It's like a smart contract. It'll, it'll run their own digital currency. So they, they set the tone on how many they make and whatever they want. If they want to overinflate it, they can. That's their prerogative. It's their government. It's, it's what they can do, but they can offer that out to the masses. You know, if you have a cell phone, you can basically have a bank account now. Gotcha. So then my, my, my last question is, uh, I know you're in the space. Bitcoin is going to implement Taproot within probably the year, um, maybe a mm-hmm. little bit longer. Taproot smart contracts. It basically is going to be able to replicate what Cardano or Ethereum will be able to do in, in sort of that situation. So help explain a little bit of what Cardano will outcompete Taproot with. Uh, the technology is, is above and beyond as far as smart contracts and able to handle the system. Uh, Bitcoin, it's just slow. And as far as mass adoption and, and keeping up with billions, potentially billions of users, it, it could crash the system or slow it down even slower. Not crash it as like take it out of existence, but put a halt on transit transaction and stuff. You know, you don't want to go to the coffee shop and wait 20 minutes to pay for your coffee. 
because of the network or whatever. So uh, Cardano relieves has, has a relief for that. You know, the, they'll be able to do millions of transactions per second when their Hydra is released. So, so this it, sounds it will be instant. This sounds like this is one thing that I think there's a lot of gray area in with people who enter the cryptocurrency space, Bitcoin being just like the fastest horse. So people just know that is that there's the asset and then there's the network and people think of the asset of like Bitcoin and Cardano and Ethereum and they're like this, this is going up. They don't realize the network and the effect of the network and where it's going and why it can become like the fiber to Africa, Africa essentially. Um, so that's, that sounds like why you're into Cardano right now is because the backbone and the fiber of yeah, it's, it's because it's been scientifically proven. Uh, the the CEO, I wholly, you know, I invest more on a CEO than the project a lot of times and what their goals are and what they want in life. And, you know, he, he's made his money, so he's not out to get rich. He's made almost a billion dollars already through Ethereum. He's, he's doing this solely because, I mean, don't get me wrong, he probably wants more money, but from what I hear and see, he's doing it because he wants to make a difference. You know, his, his dad's a doctor, his grandpa's a doctor, his brother's a doctor. Like they come from a very intelligent family and they want to help people. And Charles is, you know, his goal and his mission. I, I invest as much as I do in him as I do Ada Cardano because of his goals and what his vision is and why he's doing it. his why, I guess. So, so do you ever take profits then? Like, uh, explain. I mean, Bitcoin just hit forty-one thousand. Cardano's at what thirty-seven cents right now, I believe, or thirty-seven dollars right now. I don't know. I gotta look. Thirty-seven cents. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever take profits? I mean, it seems like you you hold quite a bit of uh, different crypto cryptocurrencies, I, Bitcoin included. I do. So my some of my strategies include, I'll, I'll buy a coin that I think is going to go up. Like I probably currently hold about thirty to forty different altcoins, and. Uh, like for I just took I just took about four thousand dollars out of one of my altcoins I invested in. It was about twelve thousand dollars. So I, I put in about twenty five hundred dollars in this. It's called it was called Unibright back in two thousand seventeen, and I like the team. I like what was going on. And there was a guy named Data Dash. He's a YouTube influencer. Uh, he does very good uh, T and A. I, I liked his thought. I went, I looked into Unibright after that, and I invested in it. And uh, I, I, I like Unibright in the future, but it has just gone up so much lately that, you know, I took out $4,000 of that and, and reinvested 2000 and put 2000 back in my bank account. And then I just hold that Unibright because I got my initial investment back. I've been doing that a lot lately, the last year, year and a half. I've been, if I'll invest in a coin that I know is going to take off for some hype or some fluff or whatever, I'll, I'll wait till it doubles or triples and then I'll take out my initial and plus put my initial back and then take that plus into something else and then let that coin just do its thing for the next year or two and see what it turns out to. What about XRP? Do you own XRP? <laughs> so when XRP first came out, I didn't like the way they did things. I didn't like the, what they stood for. So I have bought XRP one time on Coinbase. I put $200 into it when they were doing the flash token, the flash, uh, <laughs> airdrop so i bought it a week before the airdrop held it after the airdrop and then sold it right away i as as a, being in cryptocurrency in the very beginning and i i I, agree, I really stand behind what it can do for the world what it can do for you know corruptness you know what it could do for our voting system what it could do for our economics you know our government i stand behind that and i don't really stand behind what xrp 
you know, they're just a banking and making banking faster and, and central banks. And I, it's hard for me to get behind it being a, in cryptocurrency for so long and, and seeing what current cryptocurrency is all about. So I do not hold any XRP at the moment. I, I did buy $200 to get an airdrop and that was it. I'm not saying you shouldn't or can't, you know, and I'm, and I have actually people that I've known that have made a lot of money on it and I just never got into it. Yeah. I, I don't own any I, I, full transparency. I own Bitcoin. I own Tron Chainlink, and Cardano. Those are the four I own. And I like Tron because you mentioned earlier in this podcast about BitTorrents and Justin yes. Sun owns BitTorrents. That's the reason why the decentralization, the decentralization of the internet and the wild, wild West days are, are kind of coming out, coming to an end and he's going to try to rebuild the internet in a, what it was meant to be, or uh, at least that's his vision. So uh, that's what I own. Josh, you have any other questions before we start to wrap this up? It appears, though, that we do share the same disdain for Ethereum. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, Ethereum, and I was going a little rant, and you can, you can jump in here as well. Uh, again, Ethereum has changed, what, four, five, six times now. Um, they have no supply schedule. They say we're going to reduce the supply. You're going to steal coins from people? I'm really confused on how that works. Um, they've had multiple hacks where people, I think it was uh, stage two or stage three, where they had to rewrite all the code. They had to back it all up. Um, and so it's like Ethereum and Vitalik, you know, I don't, I don't know what you, I think you're using his last name, you know, yeah, uh, kind of what, what they stand for and what they made their most money. And you see the Winklevoss pumping uh, ETH quite a bit um, is because the ERC 20 tokens, the stable coins right now are built. USDC, GUSDs yes. is built on the back of Ethereum. Um, but other than that, um, I am, I am incredibly bearish Ethereum. I think this is, they have no mission. They have no vision. They have no value. In my opinion, the smart contracts, it sounds like Cardano can out, out compete them on the smart contract. So. And also um, Cardano built an ERC 20 converter. So anybody that built ERC 20 tokens on Ethereum can switch over seamlessly to Cardano and not have to change your code, not rewrite everything. And that's the other thing, Cardano, you will be able to write any language out there, Java, C++, anything, and Cardano's ecosystem will handle it. That's awesome. So any programmer out there writing anything can write on Cardano. Yeah, I mean, there's companies right now like Strike doing the exact same thing where they're trying to figure out how to essentially uh, take a euro or a pound or a peso uh, or anything, and I want to pay you, Joe, from U.S. dollars into francs. I can do that immediately with no fee. Uh, in an open source network. And, and that sounds like what's going to be the rest of the world moving forward in perpetuity. I do want to give you a couple of minutes to ask, any, ask us any questions, if you have any. Um, how long have you guys been in crypto? And what, I guess what got you into it? Uh, I'll start. Since probably that 2017 run up of Bitcoin, that's when it started to really hit me. Me and him were talking about it. I think I dove in a little bit at 14, 15, owned a little, a little bit. It wasn't really until like 12 to 14 months ago is when I really started to get into Bitcoin. And then when it hit 3,500 in March is when I really started to get into Bitcoin. And I just started doing just like $100 a week, $100 a week, just kind of dollar cost average. Dollar cost average, yep. I still yep. thought four years. Every Wednesday, I have $100 Bitcoin buy for, it's been four or five years now. And I still go, I still do it, no matter what, just 
every week. Yeah, but I would say I've learned more about where Bitcoin's going because so many people, the network has grown immensely. I mean, the market cap today is what, 682 billion? I think, you know, Josh and I were doing a podcast like three weeks ago and it was like 400 billion. Like it's just growing so quickly. So I've learned more in the probably the past two months than I've learned in the first eight years of Bitcoin. So I would say it's really just affirming my belief system. What about you, Josh? For me, it's kind of like, and I'm sure you're the same way, Joe. Like the first time you hear about Bitcoin, you're like, whatever. You know, I kind of sloughed it off and it was about $160 a coin. This was back in 2014-ish time frame. I lived with Grant, um, shrugged it off. Then I heard about it again because I wanted a sports bet. And sports betting, you buy Bitcoin and you go on, it's the best way to do it. Yes. Um, and so at that time, you know, it was like 4,500 and then I was like, oh, whatever. And that was like 2016. So I was like, kind of, or sorry, that was like late 2017. So I was starting to catch a little bit of the run up. You know, I, I put some money on, I win some sports, I go to withdraw on Bitcoin and I'm like, well, wait a minute, Bitcoin's way more money. How come I don't have more money? And like, oh, that's because I was getting the, the U.S. dollar. But then my buddy, you know, I come from a very libertarian background. My buddy's a very hardcore libertarian. And that's kind of where a lot of the ethos came from in the Bitcoin world. So I, I, you know, I always joke, my first buy was at 14.5 and I didn't say, you know, I, I go on Twitter and I spout my mouth off all the time, but I bought at 14.5 just because I was like this, hang on, I'm interested in this. Let's, let's buy some. And then as you start buying some, you go wandering down the rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> so I, I bought at 14.5 and then, you know, it kind of fell off and I, I didn't buy too much, you know, a couple grand here, a couple grand there, but then it, it ripped all the way down to, to 3,900 and I remember arguing with one of my buddies and it just happened to be a fortuitous time where I got my, my annual bonus and I was arguing with him about Bitcoin. He's like, no, this is trash. And I was like, bullshit. And I bought a whole coin right then. I was like, <laughs> Give me one, you know, right, right then. Um, and then kind of same deal. I kind of dollar cost average. I caught, it was kind of fun. I felt my first little, you know, you know, I don't know, gumption on that uh, 2018 fake run they got us out to going up to 13 and then as it trickled back down, I just, I've been dollar cost averaging ever since then. And, um, you know, really happy with, especially in 2020 of March. So last year, March, that's when I was like, what they just printed, you know, they only talk about what the, what the what Congress and the house, you know, what, what they approved at 3 trillion. They don't talk about all the bonds and everything that the, the federal reserve bought. The total was like $6 trillion, 25% of M2 was ever, that was ever created was created this past year. It was really like several months. Yes. So it's like that, that's where I, I get the Cardano play. I get it. But like my brain just sits right there and that's what I look at. And, and I'm in the commodity space a lot. So I kind of understand the stock, the flow It fits real well into my mental model. And I just said, let's go. Right, let's do You'll, this. Um, look in the, look on the YouTube, Charles Hoskins, IOHK input, output, Hong Kong, Watch some of his videos. He's a big libertarian. He's, I think you'll really like the, what his stands and his views. You watch some of his YouTube videos, he'll change your opinion. But uh, as far as go back to Ethereum as much, I had about 40 Ethereum back in June, July. I, when I was going to stake the 32 Ethereum, the, the minimum that it required. And then it came out and then it was like, it's two years and this and that. And so I actually own one Ethereum now just because, and I sold the rest of it for, for ADA. So it's all in ADA now. That, well, I that, think it'll work out for you. I, I, it already has. Yeah, it already yeah. has. 
you know, it's it, the staking rewards from Ada right now. I'd be able to live off my staking rewards and some now. So okay. I, I, I have one, one more Ethereum bash just before we get out of here. <laughs> when people are like, you know, Ethereum broke 1300 today or whatever. And everybody's like, Oh, Ethereum, all, you know, this and that. I was like, well, you guys don't believe that the ETH BTC chart exists. Like go look at yeah. those charts. Like it's not even close to an all time high. Like, yeah, you're looking at it in nominal dollar terms. Chris, they just printed trillions of those to fake, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned. But. Exactly. I give ETH about five more years. Uh, if somebody wants to invest in it, I don't think it's terrible, but it's one of those short term holds. I would say, I would say if it's going to run up to three or 4,000, great, get your money and get out. But just be, be, be leery of it. Our last, uh, our last guest is a trader, and he, he, his comment was he believes that Ethereum is going to be the one that surpasses Bitcoin. A hundred to one odds is what Josh gave him, so obviously take that with a grain of salt, meaning it's clearly not going to happen. But he thought Ethereum yeah. was going to be the horse that eventually surpasses if there was a bet. I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't take that bet. I don't believe so. But. <laughs> We've done a good job of explaining Cardano to us. I, I owned it. A lot of it, a lot of the reason behind owning it was when me and you got together this past summer, I think we were playing volleyball for a minute, uh, yeah, yeah. explaining it to me and uh, it made a lot of sense in the moment. And I went back and bought a couple hundred bucks of it and I, I put a couple of dollars into it here and there, but I, mostly Bitcoin is where I live just because not because it's proven. I know the most about it. I know what it does. I know what it's for. I know everything about it. Cardano, all these other side projects. When someone asks about getting into the cryptocurrency space, you have to start with, well, there's like a thousand cryptocurrencies. So yeah, yeah uh, there, there's like 8,000 now or something like that. Yeah. It, and me and him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I treat it kind of like, uh, the tech bubble like there's always going to be more than one winner i mean it's going to happen oh. and then more than bitcoin there's got to be five six seven winners especially with what it's doing to the world and what you explained to us in africa it's about to become a reserve currency in the entire fiber to the entire country maybe continent it, it, and it very well could and and it's not far from coming back over here too but you know they have a lot of other stuff they can do but that's one of the main things they offer so all right, yeah. Josh, Josh, you want to close us out? Joe, we appreciate it. You're helping us, you know, get ready. We're trying to find, you know, it's, it's where opportunity meets preparation. That's when luck happens. So we're trying to get yeah. ready, Joe. Thanks. That's exactly right. For helping us get ready. All right, fellas, take care. <laughs> Thanks, guys.